Hey, so I'm really excited because I am going to do a bonus episode today because I feel like it. And I decided it'd be fun to do episodes on each of the Police Squad episodes. So today I'm starting with episode one, A Substantial Gift or The Broken Promise. Each of the episodes of Police Squad have two separate titles. On the screen of this episode specifically, it says A Broken Promise, but the words... Oh, sorry. You hear them say A Broken Promise, but the words say A Substantial Gift. Rex Hamilton, of course, is Abraham Lincoln, and he does an amazing job portraying him. And, of course, in every episode of Police Squad, there is a special guest star who, unfortunately, dies in the introduction. And this episode, it's Lauren Green, who is most known, I think, for playing... Ben Cartwright in Bonanza. You see a car speed around the corner and he falls out of the car into a puddle and rolls over to reveal he has a knife in his stomach. So the episode begins at a credit union called Acme Credit Union and a teller named Sally Decker, who is played by Catherine Scott, is arguing with her her boss, Jim Johnson. She wants a little bit of a loan so that she can cover her debt for her orthodontist, who apparently is like a crime boss orthodontist who's trying to like scare the money out of her because she owes so much money to him. Sally obviously has a serious addiction to her orthodontist and, and getting things like rubber bands and tightening and which she needs to quit. And so Jim just lets her know, Hey, this isn't going to happen. You know, where does it end? You know, that kind of stuff. So the argument ends when a person from the Lorman tire company comes in and his name is Ralph twice and right then she realizes that, you know, this is a perfect opportunity. He's laid off. He's coming in to cash his last check. He's having a hard time. I am going to take this opportunity to solve my money problems. They do all the normal verifications that you do at the bank. They get his driver's license. Make sure he has two major credit cards and a thumbprint. Of course, takes a picture. Uh, he looks to his left and coughs. And then he spreads both of his toes, which is very important for the bank identification process, which at that point, Sally decides she's going to shoot Ralph twice, and then she's going to shoot Jim. And it's just like a hilarious little bit where it just takes forever. When Ralph twice gets shot, all the facial expressions are golden. And then when Jim gets shot, he is a busy man, obviously. He's, he has to take care of some things. He has to stamp stuff. He has to make sure that everything looks tidy, finish out, clocking it out, all that good stuff. Sally then makes it look like Ralph Twice was the one to shoot Jim. And honestly, like it, it's a reoccurring, reoccurring thing with all these parody movies. It's a good plot. And that's because this plot is taken from the TV show, M Squad, which I talked about in the first episode of our podcast. And if you watch these clips side by side, they're very, very similar. And it really is a good plot. It's a good story. But it's also hilarious to see like the little, the physical comedy, like the random things in the background, like the verification process for the bank and like the facial expressions, him continuing to work after he's been shot. It then cuts to Frank Drebin, who's driving and he has like his inner dialogue about what, you know, his assignment is. And his assignment is to investigate holdups at major credit unions, plural, which is hilarious. So then he gets the call and he gets arrives to the scene. And of course, his boss is already on the scene. Now, this scene is exactly what I think of when I think that people didn't get the humor of this show. When he arrives to the sh to the scene, there's like a ridiculously long stretcher in the background, which is hilarious. And it's just such a visual gag that you don't that you don't see it if you're just listening to the dialogue. Crashes into the 
trash can, of course, because of his driving is excellent. But if you look in the background, I mean, the the stretcher is like, I don't know, 50 feet long, something crazy. And by the time they get in, the stretcher is still being like lifted out. And then they're taking, of course, the crime scene photos with the dead bodies. Like they're taking pictures like their family pictures with the dead bodies. Chalk outlines on the ground, of course, that look like ancient Egyptian drawings and markings. And then this is the first time we hear the cigarette yes, I know bit where he offers her a cigarette and says cigarette. And she says, yes, I know. And it's the first time that we have that bit, which is reoccurring throughout all of the, I think almost all the episodes of police squad have this joke as well as it is used in the third naked gun movie. So it's, this is one of the ones that just is, I think this is probably the gag that's used the most. And so they explain what happened and it's very Abbott and Costello-y. When was the first time you noticed something was wrong? Well, when I first heard the shot, and as I turned, Jim fell. Uh, he's a teller, Frank. But Jim fell's a teller? No, Jim Johnson. Who's Jim fell? Well, he's the auditor, Frank. He had the flu, so Jim filled in. Phil who? Phil did, and he's the night watchman, Frank. Bully Phil had been here. Now, wait a minute, let me get this straight. <laughs> Twice came in and shot the teller, and Jim fell. No, he only shot the teller, Jim Johnson. Fell is ill. Okay, then after he shot the teller, you shot twice. No, I only shot once. Twice is the hold-up man. Then I guess I did shoot twice. Well, so now you're changing your story. No, I shot twice after Jim fell. You shot twice and Jim fell? No, Jim fell first, and then I shot twice once. Well, who fired twice? Once. Now, he's the owner of the tire company, Frank. After giving her full story, Frank and Ed leave, and she begins to fake cry until they are out of sight. So then Frank goes to talk to Ted Olson at police squad in the crime lab. And it's funny because this character who plays Ted Olson, he's the only other character that also appears in the police squad movies. I mean, there's, there's, he's one of the only other characters that appears in the police squad or in the naked gun movies. So he tells Frank that if the shooter stood where Sally said the bullet that killed him would have, would have penetrated deeper, it would have gone in deeper and that he, she demonstrates shooting some Barbara Walters interview tapes. And so then he goes to a a little neighborhood called little Italy. And in the background, you of course see Italy. This is another reoccurring joke. It was reused in the naked gun. Please go away. Please go away. I don't want to answer any more of your questions. We're sorry to bother you at a time like this, Mrs. Twice. We would have come earlier. They try to decide who could have done anything this horrible. They talk about whether he owed any gambling stuff, you know, if he had any enemies. Democrats didn't like him, but other than that, he didn't have any enemies. Frank does like a little monologue where he does know what it's like to live with a guy. People thought he was gay. People didn't understand the situation. And that was a pretty amazing, amazing monologue. You got to go watch that part. I'll probably post that one. And I just love that if, if you... Seriously, if you go watch M Squad, it's the exact same. Like even Frank's name is the same. It's Frank in M Squad. And but the silliness of it where it's such a silliest plot is so good where uh, Ed's like, oh, I know this is a long shot, but did he ever eat chop suey? And then she says, totally serious, not like, like, of course, this is relevant. She's like, no, no, he never did. And he's like, oh, it was a hunch. Then Frank continues his monologue about the man that he lived with. Mrs. Twice asks, what in the world is she going to be able to tell her daughter? And of course, they come up with some very helpful tips on what she could tell her daughter. 
Oh, wait a minute. How about a big monster came and took him to daddy heaven? Oh, oh. Nah. <laughs> what about this? He threw himself on a grenade and saved the battalion. Yeah, that's it. No, 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 wait a minute. He was killed by left-wing insurgents from Paraguay. <laughs> no, Bolivia. I got it. I got he, he was traded to the Cubs for Reggie Jackson. <laughs> no further progress was made in the next 10 hours. If you look at this next shot, you can see that there's a lamppost that he runs into. And you can't see the full lamppost. You can only see part of it. This is because in the bloopers, if you watch, he runs into it. And the actual light breaks at the top and it almost lands on him, which would have been super dangerous. Just a big piece of glass falling on him. And they yell, look out. And he runs and he, will, and he doesn't get hit by it. But he almost got hit by this giant piece of glass that fell from the top of the lamppost. And so I'm thinking that they just must have like, okay, that's broken now. We don't want to have to redo it. Obviously, um, that would be a lot more work. So they just kind of cut the the shot so that you can't see the full lamppost. But it's funny, watching the bloopers of Police Squad, they're not very funny because he keeps in character the whole time. Like, he's playing everything so straight that, and I'm sure he was funny on set, but like, he, the bloopers happen and he just stays in character. He's not cracking at all. He's not laughing. It's like, um, it's really impressive, I think. So while Sally is giving a statement, she's giving a formal statement and obviously, since it's a formal statement, she's wearing a formal attire, evening dress. And Ed and Frank receive the lab reports brought by Al. And Al is the third character from Police Squad that's also a naked gun. And the lab reports contradict Sally's version of the story. So this is suggests that the shooter was a lot further away from the victims than she initially claimed. So this makes them suspicious, obviously. So this brings us to Act 2 where Frank does a obviously very important test had to be done. Nothing they could have done to avoid it. So they attempt to discover like the position in which Mr. Twice and Jim Johnson were standing and they used real test subjects because that's just way better than using dummies. And after several hours, there's some theories that Frank has, but there's nothing conclusive even after there's a pile of dead bodies. And he decides that there's only one place that he can get the answers. And really in this town, there is only one place where anyone can get answers. And that's, of course, Johnny the Snitch. If you haven't seen Police Squad, Johnny the Snitch is Google. So you can ask him anything better than Google because he knows everything about everything going on, world events, but he also knows everything about the stuff that's going on in town. So he lets him know that Ralph Twice is actually a family man that he doesn't have money problems. Even though he had just been fired, he was going to get his job back in about two weeks anyway. So there's not really a reason that he would have killed somebody. He is better than that. It's not, he doesn't really have a motive. So Sally Decker, on the other hand, is very suspicious is what he says. He says that she is involved in scams. She's involved in these sketchy things that are, I mean, obviously orthodontist that's something sketchy to be involved with in the first place but she has other things that she that are suspicious johnny also tells him that sally used to be in a relationship with somebody named joe serlove and so frank asks where he might find him and johnny gives him the information after that johnny has a priest come and talk to him and ask him about what happens after we die and johnny teaches the priest what happens after we die 
Frank then says, driving in his car, after taking care of a, an urgent personal matter, I proceeded straight to the address that Johnny had provided me. And in the passenger seat, he has his laundry, which is, honestly, I totally get it. It is an important, urgent matter. So when he gets to the address, it's just one of those those online wicker places that we all know about and we hear about all the time. And Serlov, who he's gone clean, he's not involved in anything sketchy anymore. He leads Frank to Dr. Zubatsky, who, who is an orthodontist who has treated Sally. In the waiting room, we see a bunch of teenagers who are clearly the sons and daughters of the privileged. And as it kind of pans, you see their headgear just gets crazier and crazier and crazier. One of the first teenagers that we see is actually David Schwimmer from Friends. Obviously, he wasn't in Friends yet at this point, but... And I looked it up. This is not the first thing that he was in. He was in some other stuff before this. But this is like such a small second in there. I wouldn't. It's not a cameo. It's he's an extra because he wasn't famous at this point. So Frank has an appointment with the orthodontist that is obviously just like a setup. And he, as the orthodontist, when when he leaves the room, Frank starts to go through his files, which are conveniently located in the room where the the teeth checking happens. And he sees he looks and finds Sally Decker's file and her debts that she owed to this orthodontist are, were paid off conveniently the day after the holdup. So when he comes back into the room, he grabs him and he starts yelling at him and you can't understand a word that he says. It's hilarious. He has all this stuff in his mouth and all this spit is flying out of his mouth as he's yelling. He demands some information. The doctor says, okay, I did know Sally. We went on a couple dates and I'm going to cooperate Frank relays the information to his boss, Ed, as they're going up on an elevator, and we see a lady in a swimming suit get on the elevator, and they go up, and then the door's open, and there's a swimming pool, and she goes and jumps into the pool. And once they get back into police squad, Frank puts a rag over the phone and calls Sally and pretends to be the orthodontist and threatens that, and, and he sounds exactly like him with the rag over the phone, which is amazing, even though their voices are completely different. I love this bit. He... Tells Sally, hey, yeah, like I have this money. It's it's great. And it's also traceable. So you might want to come meet me. And he tricks Sally into thinking that he's the orthodontist and sets up a meeting with Sally. Ed tells him to watch his step. She's already killed two men and which he immediately does not watch his step and gets strung up by a rope. And on this on the door and we just see his silhouette of him being strung up on the rope on the door. It says police squad. And we see it's it's backwards and it's the police the word police is backwards, but the word squad is not backwards. Such a subtle thing. So Sally then sees that she's really meeting with Frank and she tries to run away, but then Frank's like, Oh no, I I'm that's the trouble with doctors, they always keep you waiting. So she realizes that it's actually him that she's supposed to meet with. And he tells her what she he has found out. Before she was Sally, she was Babs Caltrain, a notorious gunrunner in Memphis. And he says, but she has red hair. And he rips off her blonde wig and revealing that she has red hair underneath. And it just keeps going. <laughs> so that he says before that, she was a brunette hitman named Zazu Pitts. And then he pulls another wig off. And before that, she was saying backup for Aretha Frank Franklin and removes her brunette wig. And there's a large, there's a huge afro underneath. And then she says, well pulls that wig off and she says that before that she was with the u.s marines and she throws that wig at frank's face and he 
is incapacitated for a little while, which is something that is reused in The Naked Gun where he gets a pillow thrown into his face instead of a wig. And it's also reused in The Second Naked Gun where he gets a hot towel to the face. So just some some funny visual humor that I can't really portray on the podcast. She runs and she hides behind some trash cans and Frank takes cover behind a branch and there's just this shootout happening. They start shooting each other and it seems really intense, but then we find out that they're actually like a few feet away from each other, which is hilarious. And this is another bit that's reused in the Naked Gun series in the second movie. So the second movie has a lot more like reused gags than the first one does, but it's just a hilarious sequence if you watch this part. And so then they run out of ammo and they start throwing their guns at each other. They run out of things to throw and Sally tries to run away. Right when she runs away, Ed comes and he says, Sergeant, take her away and book her. And so then Sergeant, take her away and Sergeant Booker arrive on the scene and take her away. In the epilogue, they have the bit where Al comes up to them and they say, oh, there's something on your face, Al. And it's half of a banana and it falls and that's hilarious and i already covered this in the first one but that's also another bit that happens in the first naked gun movie and then they said oh how did you know that the money that sally had was wasn't traceable and he says well i didn't but neither did sally and then it freeze frames but it doesn't actually freeze frame and the credits start to roll and this is just like the best bit that they do after every episode. They do like the little freeze frame where it's not actually freeze framed. And it's such a long period of time that they just have to hold still. Okay, so some some fun facts I found about this episode. Many characters are named after friends and neighbors of the writing directors of the team. For instance, the dentist, Robert Zabaski, is named after Bob Zabaski, who used to live next door to the Zucker brothers. Another fun fact about his name, which is funny. In Slovak languages, the name Zubatsky loosely translates to Tooth Man, which is another joke, which is it's just a fun, like a perfect name. They found the perfect name for him. <laughs> so this is the only episode where Frank notices that the child that Ted is giving the lessons to in the crime land. It's a, this is the only episode where Frank notices that Ted is giving lessons to the children in crime labs and he smiles approvingly in all the other episodes he is totally oblivious to the fact that ted is giving highly questionable lessons to children and would hardly bat an eyeball to the fact that they were even there and you guys really have to go watch the episode that this is based on so if you just search m squad season two episode one more deadly directed by don medford uh, cashier embezzles money from her employer, then shoots a coworker and a customer to make it look like someone else has committed the crime. So if you watch it, it's so similar to the first episode of Police Squad, and it's amazing. So this TV show was, of course, created, created by David Zucker, Jim Abrahams, and Jerry Zucker. They had worked on a couple other movies, like Kentucky Fried Movie, Airplane, and they wanted another spoof movie that was going to be amazing. And the M Squad was going to be based on the spoof was going to be the basis for the spoof. They weren't like exactly sure of the plot, so they decided to just make a TV show. And Wikipedia says, the show aired as a mid-season replacement in March of 1982, but was taken off the schedule after four episodes. The remaining episodes were dumped onto the summer schedule in place of the usual summer reruns. After the show was canceled, they kept rerunning the show, and it created like a huge and strong cult following. 
after they broadcasted it so much. And I think that that, like, they should have given it a second longer before they canceled the show. We would have had some more of this Police Squad. And I love Naked Gun, too. I, I do like Police Squad more. I think they play things a little bit more straight. The comedy is more like Airplane, which I enjoy more personally where everybody's just dead serious about everything happening. And that is the case in Naked Gun as well. In 1985, Paramount Home Video first released six episodes of the show on VHS and other formats. And they had two different volumes that they released it on. So each of them had three episodes in order of the production. So then in 2006, DVD came out on DVD for the first time. And there was a lot of extra stuff, which was really cool, like freeze frame stuff and then bloopers, casting tests, interview with Leslie Nelson, uh, Zucker, Abrahams and Zucker. And then eventually in 2020, it was released on Blu-ray. This has not been released on digital as far as I know. I can't find it anywhere. If you do know where it is digitally, let me know. I mean, I found it illegally on some websites digitally, and but I have it on DVD because that's where I like to watch it. So after they canceled the show, so the Zaz Productions decided, well, we're just going to go back to making movies. So they made some more movies. They made Top, Top Secret, Ruthless People, and they figured out kind of what like a format for how these type of movies should be and how people will receive them and what works for the audiences. So this made them decide, okay, we need to create a romantic plot line. And that's what they applied to Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. And it eventually worked. And it had... Two other movies come out, and a third one is in production. A fourth one is in production right now, so that's pretty exciting. Police Squad on Rotten Tomatoes has like a score of ninety percent, based on twenty-eight positive and three negative critic reviews, which is such a high score for something that was canceled so soon. Matt Groening of The Simpsons said, "If Police Squad had been made twenty years later, it would have been a smash. It was before." It's time. In 1982, your average viewer was unable to cope with its pace. It's quick-fire jokes, but these days they'd have no problem keeping up. I think we've proved that. I don't think that's true necessarily. Well, I think in 2000 it would have been really well, which was 20 years later. So I guess he was right. I think if it was made now, it would not do well either because people don't have the attention spans that they used to. They have TikTok. They have all these other things where there's these short reels. And I'm part of the problem, obviously, posting short reels. <laughs> I can't post anything too long or else I'll get in trouble. But that's part of the problem. So there's these short form things that ruin everybody's attention span. So I think right now, if people tried to release it, it wouldn't do well. I would watch it and I would enjoy it. But I think that a lot of people wouldn't watch it and they wouldn't be able to make enough money to continue to produce those things. So yeah, I think that that time was probably a sweet spot in like probably the, you know, 2000s, I would assume, but I don't know. I also know that in the 2000s, there was a lot of parody movies that I didn't enjoy that kind of had the same issue where the attention span like they tried to do things to keep people entertained like you do with a child when you're entertaining a baby you wave a lot of things in front of their faces so that they don't lose their attention that's what it's like with modern media right now and and things they're like oh look at these fun things look at these fun things and it's like oh people need to pay attention to these fun bells and whistles in order to keep them entertained like your content's not good enough for them to be entertained well, that's embarrassing. Maybe you should go back to the drawing board and rewrite what you are trying to do. <laughs> so that's the thing with Police Squad. So the story is good. The visual comedy is good. The jokes are good. If you, they planned out everything so well and it was so well written and that wasn't enough. People want bells and whistles. They want to be visually entertained. They don't want to have to pay attention to the movie. They want to just be entertained without paying attention, which is sad and it makes it so 
truly good writing like this is gone to waste. I really do appreciate you listening to my podcast. I have people listening from all over the world already, and that's so exciting for me to see. Let me pull up my my Buzz Buzzsprout app that kind of tells me the statistics of my listeners. So I'm just going to shout out a couple different places where I have people listening from. So the most listened to city is Sydney, New South Wales, which is really cool. I have people listening in the United States, shockingly enough. That's where I'm from. And I have people in Australia, Canada, Germany, Norway, Ireland, Brazil, Sweden, Denmark, New Zealand, Greece, Poland, Argentina, Mexico, Egypt, Netherlands, Iceland, Singapore, Iraq, Italy, India, Belgium, Portugal, Hungary, Romania. I didn't even read off all the lists. That's like half the list. So I really appreciate everybody who's listened to the podcast. We have a lot of really exciting things coming up. I have episodes scheduled. I have, we have on Monday, my wife and I are going to do Princess Bride. And then at some point next week, I'm going to release Space Balls with uh, somebody who reached out to me and wants to do a podcast with me, which I'm super excited about. Uh, They have their own podcast of their own called Mr. Rewatchability. And I have another person who I've posted clips with, Showbiz Hobo, shout out there. And he reached out to me and asked me if I want to do an episode with him. And so we're going to discuss Airplane, and that's coming up soon. So I have some awesome episodes coming up. Follow the podcast so that way you don't miss out on these episodes. And that's just the beginning. I have all these people that I'm going to be working with. And then hopefully, once we get some attention of some people, we're going to be able to get some people on here to help me host this. And we'll get some famous people on here, people that are in some of the shows that we're talking about is kind of what I'm hoping and what I'm dreaming will happen. So continue to tag these people in my post, be like, Hey, be on this person's podcast, be on this person's podcast. And I would love to have them on here and discuss them and talk about their acting careers. My episodes are kind of going to be different from episode to episode. Uh, We're trying to find a good niche where people like kind of find what you guys like the most or the majority, different styles, different formats go from there. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode Uh, There's going to be five more like this, at least, because I want to talk about Police Squad. Each episode individually, they're so good that they each deserve their own episode.